Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon, and I am joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. How are you doing, kind sir? Man, it's been a it's been a crazy week. I mean, training camp's underway. We got a lot of news to go through. Uh, it, it can never be just a calm preseason and, and and training camp for the Indianapolis Colts, can it? There's always has to be something going on with with the quarterback position. But I mean, I've been I've been incredibly busy trying to keep up with everything. Uh, how's your week going? Oh, my week's fine. A lot of studying, working on a, an exam coming up for a new job, so I got to get a license, yada, yada, yada. So not a lot of fun. So, I, I, you know, studying, I feel like I'm in college again. Uh, but, yeah, it's fine. Uh, we've got a jam-packed episode today, uh, so we are going to keep it moving here. But first, uh, I just want to talk about our wonderful cups. Every cup begins with K made us these cups. Uh, that's her group on Facebook. Every cup begins with K. She made us these wonderful things. Uh, here's some more on the screen for you if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, there's the picture on her group. Uh, she, I mean, she makes cups for everything, not just sports teams, but there's a Notre Dame cup there. Um, I've got a couple patriotic ones with a skull on there. Uh, K makes some really, really cool stuff. Uh, so if you go to her Facebook page, we've shared it before. We'll share it again. Uh, Purchase a cup from Kay. Let her know we sent you um, from the educated fan. Buy some cups. They're real cool. We use them. They hold water real well. Maybe something more than water if you want. Uh, In a big announcement, as of this week, we are allowed to let you know that we are joining the Pigskin Podcast Network, which will launch in September. A lot of other football podcasts uh, on that network going to be really quality stuff. We've looked at some of the other uh, podcasts that are on there. Uh, real good podcasts, to be honest with you, um, and we're glad to be a part of that launching in, like I said, September. Okay, let's get to it. We got training camp news we got defensive back preview for the colts in 2021 uh, some colts news nfl division breakdown for the nfc east and some news around the league uh let's get started with training camp that's definitely the most uh intriguing uh piece of content we have for you today uh andrew Mm -hmm. you got to go yesterday that was yesterday right yesterday yep but they've been going all week long uh, obviously the big news coming out of camp this week, Andrew, it, and who would have thought that it took precedence over the Frank Reich news? Um, but we'll start with, uh, Carson Wentz's foot injury. Uh, what do you, let's, let's talk about this. What day did it happen? What do you, do we know when it happened specifically? Was it that rollout play? What was it? Um, and we'll talk about what we thought the possibilities were and what we're really looking at now because Andrew did write an updated piece today um, with some important news. So it did happen on Thursday in that practice where we really saw Carson Wentz have his best day. I mean, he was really in a good mm-hmm. rhythm. We saw him making big plays, really showing that athleticism. And and it did happen. I'm not sure if it was the, the rollout in that video that was going around social media, but it did happen on a, on a rollout. And Marcus Brader, the offensive coordinator, said that Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz felt a twinge in his foot. Not sure exactly what it was, but but it was causing him some some pain and discomfort. So he, he sat out the, actually the last 11 on 11 Mm-hmm. period in that Colts practice went to the doctors the doctors looked at it uh, they it, we originally thought we had been hearing that it might have been Liz Frank injury which right. is when part of the bones in your foot are are disconnected or broken off from that that middle bone part of your foot not don't know the exact terms of the bones I'm not a doctor but that's kind of kind of what it was is the explanation turns out it's not Liz Frank and which and is great news send the scans Right. Very good. Cause that's a very long, that's a season killer pretty yeah, much. It's and a year recovery looking at it's, it's very, it's a very long recovery for that injury. So 
we, they were able to rule that out. They sent the scans to Dr. Robert Anderson, who is a renowned foot and ankle specialist. He practices up in Green Bay. And and now we got new information literally this afternoon that, that Carson Wentz is going to opt for rest and rehab here over the next couple days with his foot, try to see if that's going to start make it feel better in the hopes that he will be ready and, and, and willing to, or not willing, but ready to go week one against Seattle. Surgery is not off the table. There is a chance that he does need mm-hmm. surgery, but if he goes this route and rest and rehab start to make the foot feel better, and he's able to to go on it, then he should be available by week one. If he has surgery on it, we're looking at no no specific timeline, but we're looking at missed games in the regular season. He won't be ready to go come week one. So the hope for Carson Wentz right now is that the rest and the rehab will will make it feel better, will help get that foot back in a position where he can play and the surgery can be avoided altogether. And that's really currently what the the news is as of this point, as of Sunday evening. So everything is still fluid. It's not a guarantee that he's not going to need surgery. It's right. not a guarantee that he does need surgery. And, and this cha- it could change day by day. But as of right now, that's the situation for Carson Wentz. He's going to go for rest and rehab over surgery. And hopefully that will take care of itself and he'll be able to suit up week one for the Colts. Now, when this happened, I mean, the world was on fire. Everybody's freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally, like you told me, there were conflicting reports that it was Liz Frank, it was, and then it wasn't. Uh, good news that it wasn't. Right now, you pointed out today because I was like, if you could get surgery and still hopefully be ready to go, you know, early in the season, week one, two, at worst, week three, why wouldn't you do that? You made the good point. Well, obviously, we're not doctors, but the fact that he's being given the option and told, you know, rest and rehab could be the answer. That's probably good news. Um, either way, I'm, I'm hoping and thinking we're going to be looking at no preseason for Wentz, which, you know, just makes week one if or whatever week he finally plays all that more exciting, I suppose. Um, but, I, I mean, we expect him back. It's not a season killer. That was the biggest worry. I, I mean, everybody's talked throughout the offseason since this trade went down. Um it's been, oh, can Carson Wentz be the Carson Wentz of old? Can he do this? Can he do that? My only worry was injury. I am confident in his ability to get back on track um, from a football aspect, on a mental aspect. My concern was injury. Um, and and now we're looking at this, you know, I thought we were looking at a situation where, boom, there it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm real glad it's not that. Um, I'm just hoping he can stay healthy beyond this foot injury. Yeah, and the thing is, too, even if he doesn't need surgery, we're not out of the woods yet. Right. Because with with this rest and rehab, just depending on what exactly that injury is in his foot, which we haven't gotten a specific diagnosis yet that hasn't been right. released by the Colts or by Wentz and his team, anybody else. Depending on what that is, I mean, it, it, there's still a chance that re- if, if he doesn't get surgery and just opts for rest and rehab, that that could still affect his mobility in the season. And and that that is a real concern because Carson Wentz a lot of times uses that mobility to extend plays, to yep. really show his athleticism. And that's a big part of Carson Wentz's game is just his playmaking ability. Yep. So if, if that really is a hindrance on him, that could really change the whole complexion of what the Colts want to do on offense, which is do those more naked boots, get, get Carson Wentz out in space to allow him to make those plays. It could affect the deep ball because a lot of Carson Wentz's mechanical issues were with his feet. And if you got an injury to your feet, to your foot, and you're trying to overcompensate for that, that could spiral and lead to another, uh, some more things down the road mechanically where he's not going to perform well. So this is a big time injury. We, uh, just because he's not going to get surgery doesn't mean, Oh, he needs to put his foot up for three or four weeks. Then we're going to have MVP Carson Wentz week one. Yeah. That's not how it's going to work. This is a very, this is a very big injury. And while the Colts internally we're here, I've been hearing that the Colts internally are not panicking quite yet Mm -hmm. but there is still concern and they are keeping obviously tabs on this hour by hour to see whether they need to go out and look for a veteran quarterback if Carson Wentz isn't going to be ready it's a big deal when your franchise quarterback not only is trying to revive his career and needs really 
you want everything to be perfect around him. So he has the best opportunity to do that. But now with uh, this foot injury that could possibly derail his mechanics, the start of the season, everything. So while the Colts aren't panicking yet, it's everybody is still on high alert and monitoring it very, very closely. Well, and another thing is the fact that he's missing training camp. I mean, that's important. I, I don't give a shit about the preseason to be completely honest, but this time with his teammates, making good connections, that's important. He was looking good with Pittman and Granson and, uh, you know, other players on that team. So now, I mean, it's just a setback in that regard. But my my concern is, like, surgery fixes things. You know, rest and rehab is, in my opinion, unless it's, I don't know, I'm not a foot doctor. That's one of the most difficult <laughs> specialties, too, so... But it just seems like something that's going to cause a nagging issue. You know what I mean? Uh, So it felt to me like surgery would have been the wiser move. But, again, uh, he went and saw the very best doctor, uh, foot doctor, that does work for the NFL. Anybody that has a foot injury that's serious ends up going to see this Anderson guy. So we'll see what happens. Um, Now, with Wentz's injury, obviously comes uh, a little more first-team, you know, reps for Jacob Eason. What is the word on the street of Jacob Eason, Andrew? I I know, but let's tell fans. So Jacob Eason has been pretty erratic so far. Mm-hmm. And and I when I was there yesterday in camp, he really started off very slow. He was missing guys high. He he the balls weren't accurate. I mean, I on let's see, on Friday was his first day being with the with the starters and he threw mm-hmm. an interception to Bobby Okariki should have had a couple more didn't have a very good day Saturday it started out really slow and his first pass attempt again another interception by Bobby Okariki who we're going to talk about in a bit but Jacob Eason he, he just I mean granted you got to take this and, and take the whole whole picture into it this is Jacob Eason's first time really against an NFL defense because he didn't get really any snaps last year. Philip Rivers took all the starter snaps. Jacoby Brissett was the one that was handling scout team duties. So Eason mm-hmm. was really just there soaking up information in the meeting rooms. Now it's time for him to go up against an NFL defense. So you can imagine there's going to be some growing pains. He really hasn't thrown the ball against live defense since when he was at Washington pretty much. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking that it, it is going to take some time for him to adjust. And, and yesterday as practice did go along, he did start to get into a rhythm. He threw, he threw some nice balls to Michael Pittman, Kylan Granson. Um, he had a touchdown throw to Jack Doyle that I really yeah. liked to Mo Alley Cox. So as practice went on, he did get a little bit better, but you can obviously see the drop off between Carson Wentz and Jacob Eason. So it's definitely something to monitor. And like, like I just said, this is really his first practices against a live exactly. NFL defense. So growing pains are to be really expected. And, yeah. and I honestly, I think I'd probably be more concerned if Jacob Eason was going in there and lighting up our defense, which is supposed to be top 10 in the league. I'd be yeah. more concerned about where our defense was at, at that point. But, but we do need to see Jacob Eason continuing to get better. We can't just have this where he struggles every single practice, especially once we get towards the end of August. We already know Carson Wentz is, is going to be out all preseason. So this is giving Jacob Beeson ample opportunity to get ready, ample opportunity to play against an NFL defense and really show that he can continue to improve by getting those more, the, more of those reps throughout the preseason. So as of right now, he has been erratic, but like I said, let's, let's give him a little bit more time before we just drop the judgment on him. Yeah, and Jacob Eason, like you said, these are these are his first reps. He didn't get any last year. I mean, Phil was right. taking the majority of the snaps in pre, you know, in the preseason and uh, in training camp. I guess there was no preseason, but um, he was taking all the snaps. You know, and if it wasn't him, it was Jacoby. Jacob Eason wasn't getting shit. That rookie was getting nothing. Right uh, now, you know, he's being thrown into this, and I've heard coaches saying like he knows what he's doing. Um, it's just a matter of executing it on the field, but like, I mean, it, Jacob Beeson's an overreaction trigger point. Basically, if he was doing great right now, people would be like, Oh my God, look, you know, he's the next coming. He's, he's going to take the starting job all the, and you know, and if he's having a moderate to bad day, it's going to be an overreaction the other way that he stinks and the Colts need to go sign somebody, blah, 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 blah. Let's just slow our roll a bit. He's got all a training camp. I don't foresee the need for any, 
um, veteran starters to be signed. You know, we did sign a camp body. We'll talk about that later, another overreaction point. But, um, yeah, I think people just need to kind of slow their roll, uh, which we've been saying about Eason since we drafted him. So, I think... Uh, he was a fourth-round pick for yeah. a reason. Yeah. So, people need to, like... He's going to struggle. He's going to struggle in camp. And, and I mean, that is as long as we see him start to get better, then that will make me feel feel good. If this was how which, he as you said, he was getting defense, better even as the day went on yesterday. He was. Now we just need to could see him build the days on days on days of consistent work. If he had practiced like that. The first week of September, when we're preparing yeah. for Seattle, I would I would definitely be concerned. Right. Um, now, and keep in mind too, like you mentioned, this Colts defense is good and they're having a good camp. We talked about this last week. Who's going to start out better. And it's been the defense thus far. We both predicted Mm -hmm. that we both expected it and that's what's happening. Okay. And Jacob Eason is, I mean, essentially is a rookie. I mean, if you really want to be honest, um, he knows the offense, but he's playing against one of the best defenses in the league. At one point was a top five unit last year. Um, was number one in a lot of categories, uh, and we think it's going to be even better this year. So give the kid a break. Now let's move it along to Pittman and Grantsman. Grants and Andrew. They've been really, really showing out uh, in camp. Pittman apparently got in his first scuffle, throws, uh, who is it, Israel Ish- Ishmael? What was Israel? Ibrahim Campbell. Ibrahim Campbell, sorry, I knew <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, just tosses him to the ground like a rag doll. Um, he's catching touchdown passes left and right. Granson, uh, one of the better tight ends it, so far throughout camp, looking really good as a rookie. Um, what have you been hearing about them, and what did you see out of them? So when I'm, I was watching yesterday, Pittman played very well. I mean, there were multiple mm-hmm. times where, especially of in one drills, when – when you see you see the wide receivers go up against the defensive backs, Pittman was burning. Rocky Sin, uh, one of the Colts is starting outside corners and pretty much having his way with him. Pittman, Pittman looks physical. He he's mm-hmm. catching everything that's thrown his way. He and, and, and that scuffle. It was because Campbell hit him a little rough after the catch. These guys aren't in pads till Monday, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't take he didn't take light of that. So he he was he didn't appreciate that. So it's it's not it's not the pretty boy USC guy. Yeah. Pittman's a dog, and, yeah. and he's gonna he's gonna prove it to you. So he's looked really good. And Kylan Granson, he's he's gonna have a role in this offense early. The Colts really like Kylan Granson. They like what he brings to the table. And even though Frank Reich wasn't there this week, you could see that the Colts have mm-hmm. plans to exactly how they want to use Kylan Granson to get him in space over the middle of the field. So those those were two guys that stood out to me on offense. Um, and then one thing I I didn't put in the notes that I'll talk about real quick is the the left tackle competition right now so the Colts have had four days of camp the first two days Will Holden was the starter at left tackle the last two days Sam Tevy has been the starter at left tackle and as of right now I would say that Will Holden has has been the one that's performed better he has the edge Will Holden has been solid in camp mm-hmm. and, and Sam Tevy has struggled especially against Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay the past two days has really been getting the best out of Sam Tevy and, and, and having no trouble with him at all so as far as that battle is concerned of who is going to start until eric fisher gets back over the first four days of camp it looks like holden has has a slight edge and has been performing a little bit better than sam tevy so i guess you kind of skip through uh onto uh young pass rushers having success huh <laughs> perfect segue yeah andrew's just tying things together I, i'll just sit here you do the podcast i'll hang out uh, I'm really excited about Granson doing well, and I'm really excited about Pittman um, being more physical. I love hearing that he's just kind of beating the shit out of people in one-on-one um, because, I mean, he is. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever seen play playing the game of football. It's a violent game. Uh, so you can be nice all you want, but when you step between those white lines, you need to flip a switch, and you need to go be aggressive and mean. And honestly, you know, most of his – Big gains last year were on crossing routes, a little finesse, just outsped people. But, I mean, if he can add that physical element, because he's a big guy, if he can add that physical element, he's going to be a problem. Um, and that's something I think that just develops as, you know, seasons go on. Every game, um, not to mention he didn't play a full season last year. So, 
Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really liking what Pittman's doing. I'm liking what Granson's doing. Now let's talk about the young pass rushers, Andrew. Quiddy Pay off to a good start. Quiddy Pay really has been off to a good start. He, at his first practice, he said he didn't perform well because he was, I mean, he's, he's, he's worried about those snacks. used to the speed. <laughs> he, he brought in hella snacks for Saw some for Rice Krispie treats. But, man. hey, th- th- that's, what, that's what rookies are supposed to do, so good for him. But but he was try- he's been trying to get used to the speed of the game because really, until you actually go up against that that offensive line, those starters, you're, you're not going to have a sense for that. But the past few days, like I said, he's... He's really been getting the best out of Sam Tevy. Uh, he's he's been getting back to the quarterback, Eason or Wentz, and and getting sacks. He recovered a fumble the other day. Mm-hmm. Quiddy Pay is showing that that he's for real already at, at the start. And it's not just him. Kaboko Ture has has really showed out in camp as well. Been getting really good pressure, and been been being a force back mm-hmm. there in the backfield. So he looks like he's he's healthy, which is a great thing for for not only him but for the Colts defensive line. And then a guy that we needed to needs to step up and see Ben Banigou. Ben Banigou has had a good start to camp. Now for him, again, it's kind of like Eason. You need to show it multiple days on top of each other. But yesterday, in a span of three plays, Ben Banigou had two sacks. And I, I was I was watching him. He's been getting good pressure. He's been getting off the line. He's be, being very physical when he can't just use the speed to get around. So Ben Banigou got a real, really impressed me and is showing that fire and that work that the Colts really need to see in order for him to stay on the team. Yeah, I really I'm excited about the Teray news. I'm I've been seeing positive mm-hmm. stuff about him on Twitter, uh, from the writers, from you. Um as well as Ben Banigou, because I mean that guy is playing for his life this year, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, there was there was a point yesterday where it was it was on a third down play. Ture came in on third down, and the the defensive line was you had Quiddy Pay at right end, DeForest Buckner and Tyquan Lewis on the inside, and then Ture at left end. It's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty formidable defensive line group, especially on a third down, like a sub, like a NASCAR package where you're just getting your fastest guys in there to go because we know Tyquan Lewis can really rush from the inside. Force Buckner's an all-pro, so if, if Ture can really take that role and, and excel at that role, man, that's a good group to have on third down and a good group of pass rushers. Yeah. Hey, Titan Sign Podcast, thanks for joining uh I actually just watched uh, some of their stuff the other day. It's real good. Uh, I like their setup. Mm-hmm. It's unique for these podcasts, so I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully linking up with them after our uh, news about the network. Anywho, uh, Bobby Okariki, we talked about the fact that he's got some shoes to fill leadership-wise um, with Anthony Walker being gone. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about the fact that he was excelling last year, really impressed us just physically and, and with his play and obviously took over that role. It sounds to me uh, like he is doing just that um, and more, Andrew. What, I mean, we already talked about his two interceptions. What else are you seeing out of Okariki um, in camp? He's really just all around the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. he, we that, the, the interceptions are huge because one of my main things about Bobby Okarigi is is he's got the speed. He's a really long player. He's very smart. But we hadn't seen over the past couple years when since he's been in Indianapolis really the, that top playmaking ability. And the Colts love to force turnovers. Mm-hmm. So I thought that Okariki, in order to really solidify himself and and be a kind of take that next step himself as a linebacker, was just creating more more plays creating more turnovers for this defense and so far he's really showing that to be be the case and Darius Leonard has been out all week with uh with a little ankle thing he had the um few weeks ago he had a little procedure done he's he's gonna be fine he'll be back soon but really with with Leonard out Oak Riki has not cause that linebacker group to take a step back mm-hmm. if anything they're, they're showing that there's playmaking behind Darius Leonard as well so that's that's been a really good thing to see and Okariki honestly has been the star on defense throughout the first four days of training camp it's really good to see that's good news I like to hear it um I think Bobby Okariki is a real smart guy. I think he has the potential to fill the leadership shoes of um, Anthony Walker, which we talked about last week. Um, Rocky Sin is Rocky struggling, brother. Uh, those two touchdowns yesterday uh, for Pittman were both against the SN. Uh, I believe he's given up some other big plays. 
Uh, what are you hearing about him? I, I saw what we I saw what you saw yesterday, but what have you heard for the rest of the week? So so Yasin has he has his first day in camp was good. The the next three days have been mm-hmm. kind of average. And and yesterday he he was giving up some some TDs to Michael Pittman, and there was a there was a one play where Ty Hilton absolutely burned Rocky Sin. Mm-hmm. And if Jacob Eason hadn't overthrown Ty Hilton by about a half step to to three quarters of a step. I mean, it would have led to a 60-yard touchdown to, for T.Y. Hilton. So the, the good thing I see about Rockyson though, is even though practice was done, all the pretty much all the players had left the field, Yusin was still there working on different things. So he knows how big of a deal this is. And, and he knows that there's other guys on the team that are coming for his starting job. I mean, T.J. Carey has been out because of because of COVID protocols, so he, he really hasn't had the chance yet. Marvell Tell has shown that he's been, he's been having a decent camp since considering he was out all of last year, he opted out due to COVID. So there's guys that, that want to want to be in that starting role that Rockison mm-hmm. is in. So again, I don't want to overreact to the first few days of camp. I really want to give these guys some a few weeks and see exactly what they're made of. I want to see how Rock performs in the preseason games. But but it seems like Rock still has some work to do, but I think he realizes the the gravity of his situation and is really working hard to solidify himself. So he's doing what he can, but I just we need to see it more on the field. Yeah, I've been hearing some good things about Marvell Tell too, so I I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about corners here too, but I think Marvell Tell might be um, that lead guy to possibly take that starting role away from Rocky Sin. Um, you want to? I mean, I know it's. I know we have DBs next. Do you want to do that next or Colts news? Kind of rolls with training camp. Uh, we can we can go right on ahead to Colts news, so Let's we can kind that. of tell what's been going on throughout the week, and then. And it just kind of ties in, it kind of just ties in when talking about camp, especially, and this is out of order too, but let's just talk about Frank Reich. Early in the week, Monday, um, Chris Ballard let us know that uh, Frank Reich was tested positive with COVID-19. He missed this week. He's going to be back Monday. Um, He was fully vaccinated, experienced no symptoms, was a part of practice and whatnot via um, you know, chat and what I mean, video conferencing and whatnot. Um, but he should be back Monday. Yep. Matt Eberflus said yesterday he'll be back Monday. So better it happen now than in the season. Pads on Monday too. Pads on. Gonna be fun. Okay. Colts signed offensive tackle Braden Smith to a four year $72.4 million extension with a 40 million uh with 40 million guaranteed. Not the extension we expected this week, Andrew, uh, with Darius Leonard still not getting his yet, but um one we expected and we're glad it's done. Give that man a round of applause. This this guy. You this asked. guy works his butt off. He's in, he's an absolute stud, and and now he's the second highest paid right tackle in the league behind Ryan Ramchek. So glad the Colts were glad they got it done. And I love this quote from him right after uh, that practice that it was announced. Braden Smith said that the Colts paid him, and now he's going to pay them back by playing the best football of his career. You love to hear that from the guy. And now Braden Smith is going to be a Colt for for quite a few years to come. So. Hey, we glad they got it done. We've got another quick. Uh, I think this is a question from Vonda. Uh, she just said, "Ty." I'm guessing that's a question about how Ty's doing in camp. Do, have you heard anything specific about him? I know he's caught some passes and whatnot. Ty's looking good. I mean, he's he can still play. We we already knew that, but but there hasn't been a a decrease or a drop off in Ty Hilton's play. He he's been getting when Carson once was there those first couple days. Him and Carson had were yeah. getting balls to or Carson was getting balls to him. So Ty's still going to have a good role in this offense. And and to me, when I was watching him, he hadn't looked like he lost a step. He looked like he was really happy to be there. Mm-hmm. He's he's glad to be back with the Colts. So as long as we can get a full, healthy Carson Wentz and he's able to do what he can and what we know he's capable of, I think T.Y. is going to have a pretty decent year. Colts place cornerback Xavier Rhodes, cornerback T.J. Carey, and defensive end Al-Kadeem Muhammad, and offensive tackle Julian Davenport on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. So that happened for three of those guys right before the first practice at camp. 
So hopefully they're back this week. Um, and then Julian Davenport, he's supposed to be trying to fight for a spot uh, as that left tackle. But obviously mm-hmm. with this, he's he's taken a distant third place in that battle. Yeah. Uh, Colt sign. I'm going to skip one here. Colt sign defensive end. Demontre Moore, defensive tackle. Joey Ivy and cornerback. Holton Hill. A few of those are probably just to fill those empty spots uh, for extra camp bodies from the COVID-19 list. Um, and then they also signed quarterback, veteran quarterback, uh, Brett Hundley, who has played for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, most recently with the Cardinals. And I just knew, I just knew everybody was going to overreact. I knew it. And it pissed me off. And I tweeted about it. And I, and I told everybody, here it is. There's the overreaction. This was not ESPN-level news. Okay, and I'm getting notifications from ESPN. The Colts sign veteran quarterback, Brett Hundley. If we were seriously trying to go get a veteran quarterback because of the Carson Wentz injury, we wouldn't have gotten Brett Hundley. Okay? I've watched this guy play football. He's come in for Aaron Rodgers before. He's not good. That's not the guy we're going to get. He's a camp body. Somebody has to be throwing the football to these receivers. He did confirm yesterday after practice that he had been in communication with the Colts before the Carson Wentz injury and had been expected to fly to Indy multiple days, multiple days before Carson did get injured. Wasn't he on the field the day he was signed? Yeah, he, he officially signed Saturday morning, and then he was out there when I was there. And he really didn't even participate much. He was mostly throwing to the backs and the tight ends in his first practice, kind of helping out with team drills. Okay, I I just people were freaking out on Twitter. I mean, all over the place. I just had to shit on those people to be completely fair. Um, all right, position previews, defensive backs, Andrew. Um, I would say probably one of our weaker points on this defense. Would you agree? Um, I think, I mean, we've obviously got some studs, but it's just, there's a lot of also unproven and talent on this, in this cold secondary. Mm-hmm. And especially at that, that other outside cornerback spot. Yeah. I would say right now out of the three groups, line linebackers and, and CBs or CBs, uh, defensive backs, the, the defensive backs are probably the weakest of the three. Um, I mean, you have Kenny Moore and Xavier Rhodes, but the question is, and we'll talk about him, is he going to continue to play like he did last year? Uh, our safeties, you know, had a good year. Are they going to repeat that this year? And then we already know about the issue over at uh, the other cornerback, outside cornerback position. But Kenny Moore, obviously Pro Bowl hopes this year, all pro hopes. Um, do you think Kenny Moore makes the Pro Bowl this year? I think he's got a shot, especially if he plays to the level that we know Kenny Moore can play at. I mean, best slot, uh, best slot cornerback in the league. And I think people are finally starting to take recognition of Kenny Moore. People aren't just thinking, oh, the, I mean, he's just another Colts cornerback. They know how good Kenny Moore is. And not only do our fans and media, but I mean, players around the league already know how how important Kenny Moore is to this Colts team and, and how good of a player Kenny Moore is. So I, I think we can see if he I mean brings that playmaking ability back this year for the Colts and can stay healthy. I think there's mm-hmm. a chance that Kenny Moore can go to his first Pro Bowl. See, I disagree. Not because Kenny Moore doesn't deserve to go to the Pro Bowl, obviously. I just feel like in that nickel position, he's just constantly going to be underappreciated by people outside of Indianapolis. It's a small market. I mean, he he would really, really, really have to ball out, especially in primetime games, because, I mean, this is voted for by the, the fans and players and the coaches of the league, correct? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he'd really have to show out uh, in the in the primetime slots, and he'd really have to make a big number, I think, in the interception category, sack category. I mean, like, ridiculous. I think he'd have to do ridiculous things to make the, the Pro Bowl. 
Well, that's the thing. The Colts have five prime time, four or five primetime games this year. Yeah. So he's going to have his opportunity on the big stage to make plays. And we know Kenny Moore can do that. So yeah. I think that's what I said. I think he's finally starting to get the recognition around the league. And if he plays the level that we've seen Kenny Moore play and, and has a really good season again, I, I think he should be squarely in that Pro Bowl conversation. That interception against the Raiders. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, let's talk about him. Played at a really high level last year. We weren't sure what we were going to get out of Xavier Rhodes on another one-year deal. Um, this year, do you think he's going to be able to keep up what he did last year? Which was a revival of I his mean, career. Right. I certainly hope so. Because if not, yeah. then we've got questions at two of our outside corners and the Colts could be in a lot of trouble. And I really do think that this zone defense uh, that the Colts run mm-hmm. where Xavier Rhodes isn't asked to, to follow the best receiver all the way around the field. He's mm-hmm. able to kind of stick to his side, use his instincts, be, be an asset in, in the run game as well. And, and then kind of just be, be that aggressive self. It allows him to, to play to his instincts and not have to worry about what his man is doing so much so i and i think if if he's able to continue his career this is the perfect place for it and i think that's why xavier rhodes Mm -hmm. while he didn't probably get the money he was wanting to on the open market i think that's why he came back to indianapolis because he got along with the coaches and his teammates so well and he saw what this scheme kind of did for to revive his career so i'm really hoping that he can and i think there's a good chance that 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 xavier rhodes can have another good season and but for the team's sake if he doesn't then the Colts are definitely in trouble cornerback three basically Andrew the other outside cornerback position uh right now probably between Rocky Sin Marvell Tell TJ Carey I've already mentioned I I think Marvell Tell ends up stealing this if things are going the way they are right now in camp the rest of camp Rocky Sin's going to be out of a starting position yeah, I, there it's close. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, Rock's really got to step it up, and and he has to pr- prove that that he is worthy of that starting spot. And and while he has been out there and running with the ones all of camp. Marvell Tell is is right there nipping at his heels, and, yep. and the Colts like Marvell Tell. They like what they've seen so far of him in camp. So it's it's neck and neck between those two. See, if I if I had to go, I would still say that that Rock starts the year as as the starter on outside corner, but I would say he's going to be on a very very thin leash or very short leash, I should say, mm-hmm. thin ice. So if he does have any issues, Tell's going to be there, and the Colts are going to give Tell that opportunity. Yeah, and I, and like I said, I think what I said was if the pre if the if training camp continues the way it is now, um, and if, and if mm-hmm. the preseason games go the way training camp is right now, that is when I could see Marvell Tell stealing that spot. I don't think T.J. Carey, um, unless he just played out of his mind, has a real chance at a starting position. I think we just really like him uh, as that depth piece. Do you agree with that? I would say right now, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if he does have a really good camp and, and proves it, I mean, sure, the Colts don't have anything against it. But yeah. I would think probably as of right now, TJ Carey is going to be that depth piece that can come in if mm-hmm. need be if with an injury, and as well as he, he does play special teams as well. Yep. Uh, anything else specific on the Colts for us today, Andrew? I'm, all, I'm fresh out. Um, I mean, really, we didn't talk about the safeties much. Well, we, we could, we could, oh, I'm sorry. I think, (laughs) I think I'm, I'm higher on this safety group than maybe you are. Cause you said they had a good year last year, but I, I mean, Kari Willis has had, I love his rookie year too. So I'm not, I'm not lacking any high off on, on the uh, safety group at all. I love Kari Willis, and I think Julian Blackman had a great year. He's the biggest question mark because he was a rookie, and you never know what you're going to get out of a guy year two. Yeah, but I, I think I think he, I mean the Colts organization certainly thinks he has all pro potential. Chris Ballard has came out and said that, and you know Chris Ballard doesn't say that unless he truly believes it. So Julian Blackman, you can tell he's been working hard this offseason because towards the end of the year we didn't really see as much from Julian Blackman. Mm-hmm. He said his legs just weren't under him towards the end of the year, and 
I mean, coming back from that leg injury and everything, playing in the longer NFL season, that that can be expected. Mm -hmm. But when you have Julian Blackman getting all offseason to really work on that and his conditioning and be ready for that long NFL season, I think the Colts, honestly, even even with me not being a Colts fan, I would say the Colts have one of the best young safety duos in the league in Julian Blackman Mm -hmm. and Kari Willis because Julian Blackman, we've seen his playmaking ability, and Kari Willis can come into the box and be an absolute thumper. He's incredibly smart, has a great high football IQ, and you can see the defense change when Kari Willis isn't in there. So with those two back there, I mean – it's it's almost like the, the the Colts have been looking for a safety duo that they can keep together for multiple years, the way they kept Bob Sanders and Antoine Bethea together. So hopefully, if, if the if Kari Willis and Julian Black could turn into that, yeah. my goodness, what a combination! So I'm very high on this safety group for the Colts. They just need to stay healthy and and by staying healthy, continue to make plays. Yeah, I agree. I think Kari Willis, um, like I've said this before on the show, um, build-wise, he really reminds me of Bob Sanders, the hard-hitting. He could be a Bob Sanders-level type player. I'm not saying he's that yet, but, you know, Bob Sanders did struggle with injuries and couldn't stay on the field, but uh, he did also win a defensive player of the year. So, guess we'll see. Uh, Okay. We're going to move it along to the NFC East breakdown. No disrespect to the NF- NFC East, uh, but we do not give a shit. And uh, I'm going to try not to talk about them very long, <laughs> to be completely honest. Listen, last year, the NFC East number one finishing team, the Washington football team, was 7-9. and nine. They all had losing records. Uh, it's unbelievably terrible and embarrassing. I cannot believe um, people even bother talking about this division, to, to be completely honest. Now, the Washington football team, I will say, does have a chance to turn it around this year uh, as they were really picking it up towards the end of the year. They're really well coached, um, but we'll see how they do. Free agency, like I said, I'm moving through this fast. Andrew, if there's something real big that I'm missing or you're thinking, go ahead and interrupt me. But uh, they pick up Fitzmagic. Curtis, he's looking to be the starter. Uh, Curtis Samuel, great wide receiver. Cornerback, William Jackson. Uh, and this one, not super significant, but shout out Heidi. Uh, Charles Leno Jr., they're, they're the ones that ended up with him, uh, even though Heidi wrote him a song. Uh, they lose Alex Smith, who retired. Cornerback, uh, Ronald Darby is gone. Right tackle, Morgan Moses, solid last name. Longtime right tackle for them. Uh, he's gone. And defensive end, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, draft, they had 10 picks. Round one, they got Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. Round two, Sam Cosme, offensive tackle out of Texas that we talked about on our show. Um, Sam Cosby is pretty much like Anthony Costanzo light, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I, I thought Sam Cosme was was a decent tackle for, yeah. for Washington. Yeah, we talked about him for a reason. Uh, schedule, they've got three primetime games, uh, bye week and week nine, notable games. Uh, they do play the AFC West and the NFC South. Um, so their most notable games are against Kansas City in week six and Tampa Bay in week ten. I believe both of those are primetime. That's two of their three. Um, the Giants... Went six and ten last year. Um, they pick up. I mean, they were very, very active uh, in this uh, free agency. They pick up John Ross, Mike Lennon, Mike Glennon. Sorry, all-star backup quarterback, uh, former Bears starter, uh, Kyle Rudolph, longtime Viking, Kenny Galladay, cornerback uh, Adoree Jackson. And uh, running back Devontae Booker to add a little depth in that uh, running back room because they did let um, that one running back go. Devontae Freeman, there we go. Uh, <laughs> they hang on to Leonard Williams. They tagged and tagged him and then signed him for three years. Uh, Golden Tate's gone. Guard Kevin Zeitler's gone. And backup quarterback Colt McCoy. They also have Joe Judge at the helm, uh, who people seem to be impressed with. I think the Giants' outlook on this season is definitely brighter than it was last year. The question is, can Daniel Jones get it done? Um, They helped him out in the wide receiver department and free agency, and then in the draft, six picks, wide receiver um, in round one, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver out of Florida. 
Uh, liked him. He's good. Uh, so a little more help there for Danny Dimes. Uh, also, linebacker Aziz Ajulari out of Georgia. We talked about him. Their schedule, three primetime games, neither one against Dallas, Andrew. That's a, I think that's a first because I, it seems every single year the Cowboys and the Giants play on Sunday night football It's at my, least once a year. It's my favorite rivalry outside of any Colts rivalries. I, I really, really enjoy the Cowboys-Giants rivalry more than the Cowboys and Eagles, which they do have a primetime game, um, more than Packers-Bears. You know what I mean? I, I really, I've always enjoyed that mm-hmm. one. It always seems to be a real hard-hitting football game, but they both stink. So I'm, I wasn't real interested in them playing last year. I'm not real interested in them playing this year. So we'll we'll see. Um, we'll say this about the Giants, though, especially Daniel Jones. It's it's now or never. This is oh, year yeah, three this is the for year. Daniel Jones. They they have gone all in on put surrounding Daniel Jones with weapons, like yeah. you say, Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already got. Uh, Kadarius Tony, they drafted a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley is mm-hmm. going to be back from from Hopefully. his torn ACL, and and so they've got. I mean, Evan Ingram is still there. They've got a ton of weapons around Daniel Jones now, and it's up to him to to take that offense to the next level. Not turn the ball over, not only with interceptions, but it seems like he can't hang on to the ball either. He loses fumbles all the time. This is the year, and if Daniel Jones doesn't show it, the yeah. Giants very well turn the page and draft a different quarterback in 2022. Very Mitch Trubisky, like that kind of feeling, uh, except probably a little bit better. Uh, de- definitely better than Mitch Trubisky, but that's what it feels like. Same situation. Uh, no real games making you go. Ooh, you know, they got to play, you know, Washington chiefs and Tampa Bay all on prime time. Uh, other than that, not, I mean, nothing. I mean, Nothing's going to make you turn, flip to that channel when, you know, somebody else is playing the Packers or uh, Cowboys. Six and ten last year. Now, they did ride with Dan, or, uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, they did lose Dak Prescott for the year in a nasty injury. So, I mean, they've got some excuses, but they had, you know, Mike McCarthy. They've got what used to be a good offensive line. Not so much anymore. They've got... Why can't I think of his name? I'm so bad with names lately. They're running back. <laughs> Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, for God's sake. Uh, <laughs> not looking anything like he used to. I can't believe people still consider him a top five or ten running back, to be completely honest with you. I don't think he belongs in that group anymore. But we'll see this year when he gets his quarterback Back, um, pick up, they didn't really do anything free agency-wise besides signed back to their four-year $160 million deal. Um, Andy Dalton's gone. Tackle, Cameron Irving gone. Alden Smith gone. So even more losses in the in the offensive line department. Um, draft, they had 11 picks. Round one, they did get linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Round two, Kelvin Joseph, cornerback out of Kentucky. So some help for that defense, but no offensive line help until the fourth round, Andrew. Dak Prescott broke his broke his leg. He's still going to be running for his life this year. Uh, I mean, it, it. how can you expect Zeke to do well? You know, when you when you just suddenly stop giving a shit about paying your offensive line taking and, and investing in that offensive line. It's just because they they've put so much money into other areas like Dak, mm-hmm. like Zeke, mm-hmm. like Amari Cooper. Um, they've got gave a big contract to Jalen Smith. They they and the thing is, a lot of it last year was their their offensive line just wasn't healthy. Yeah, and, and it seems like Tyron Smith. He, every year it's harder for him to stay healthy and he's he's almost looking like a robot out there with the amount of braces that he has to wear their center Zach retired Martin last year still there travis frederick retired zach martin's still there zach yeah. martin's still an all-pro guard yeah. but at the same time you, it's it's they're not going to be there forever and it is time to i think start looking at getting a younger offensive line and one that can stay healthy to protect Dak. when you're paying Dak 160 million dollars you can't have him be injured and on the sidelines. You got to also protect mm-hmm. him if you want him to play out the length of that contract and get and get your money's worth out of it. Right. Their schedule 
I shit you not, Andrew. I mean, we knew this was coming. It still pisses me off every year. Six and ten this year, this past year. Five primetime games. It's the Dallas Cowboys. I, I hate the them. Dallas Cowboys. I hate them. I hate them. Uh, notable games. And let's move on to the Eagles. <laughs> so I don't give a, I, I don't. I, they play the Eagles in primetime. And guess what? The Eagles are going to stink. Um, it's just it's a dumpster fire there in Philadelphia. It's, a dumpster, Sirianni, fi- it's a dumpster fire in the NFC East, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, I new head coach, Nick Sirianni. I feel terrible for him, to be honest, to be thrown into this now. There could be some good news coming his way soon. We'll find out. We're going to talk about that. Um, I, this is going to be in the this first thing in our NFL news, but the Texans are now starting to shop Deshaun Watson. And from what I've been hearing, the Eagles are have suddenly jumped to the top of this interest list. Um, it's a team he'd be willing to go play for for whatever fucking reason. Uh, probably because the NFC East is so bad, he actually could win all the games on his own. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're hearing some news um, about Deshaun Watson popping up over uh, in the NFC East, possibly. But let's move it along to people they actually have picked up. Safety, Anthony Harris. Uh, assumed to be the backup quarterback, Joe Flacco, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, LaRaven Clark, Andrew. <laughs> Apparently him and Nick Sirianni really hit it off last year. Uh, not because of the way he played. No, LaRaven Clark, I don't even know how he's still in the league, to be I honest with you. Uh, obviously, they trade Carson Wentz to the Colts for some picks. Um, maybe they use some of those for... Uh, Sean Watson, we'll find out. Gone, cut. Deshaun Watson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Malik Jackson. Some pretty big names. Um, and safety, Jalen Mills off to the Pats. Deshaun did Jackson. You say, did you say Deshaun Watson was cut? I think you meant Deshaun Jackson. I said Jackson. I'm pretty sure you said Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, play it back. Uh, cut it. <laughs> cut it out. I'm going to cut it. Um, cut, cut it from the live stream. Um <laughs> Sorry, draft, nine picks. First round, Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Some people thought he was the best receiver in the draft. Some people thought he was like third or fourth, but um, he's definitely the biggest. Marvin Harrison 2.0, loved Devontae Smith. We'll find out. Um, round two, Landon Dickerson, center out of Alabama. little protection for whatever quarterback um, is running around in that backfield. I'm just telling you right now, it's hilarious to me that the Philly media is trashing Carson Wentz so much. when realistically they're they're upset he's gone because they literally traded him away and now they're already going can we get Deshaun Watson please or somebody we do not trust the guy that we just decided to keep over Carson Wentz uh granted Carson Wentz wanted out that makes a big difference but still my god um schedule they've got two primetime games one of those against the Cowboys a bye week in uh week 14 Andrew what's your prediction for this division See, I think I think it's actually going to be a neck and neck between Washington and Dallas this year. I, I honestly, I love Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is a is a good quarterback. Dak Prescott's your dad. Forty million dollars a year. Dak Prescott's my dad, but. I I just don't know how those other pieces around him, especially the defense, the offense wasn't the problem for Dallas last year when Dak was there. It was the defense. And can this Dallas Cowboys defense really defend anything? That's the big question. We know that, that Washington has a pretty decent team. So I think as of right now, I would probably go Washington wins the division again. Then Dallas, then the Giants. I just don't trust Daniel Jones at this point. And and like you said, Philadelphia is a dumpster fire. They don't even want Jalen Hurts. So now it seems they'd rather go for Deshaun Watson. But since Deshaun Watson's not on the team yet, I'm going to put Philly in the bottom of the division. I have the exact same order. Uh, <laughs> Dak, Dak coming back makes a really big difference. Question marks about Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Washington football team. Um, he is going to win some games for them, and he will likely lose some games for them. Uh, but that defense mm-hmm. is no joke. They've got some really good a really good receiver and running back. Um, Dallas, Dak Prescott, I do think, makes that big of a difference for them. But 
Can he stay healthy? Um, is their defense going to, you know, I'm, there's a reason Dak Prescott's numbers before he went out last year were inflated because he had to throw the ball for a million yards a game and to just to keep up. Um, the Giants are well coached, but I, I just, I mean, I could see them in Dallas flip-flopping. I still think Washington wins um, the division. And then the Eagles, yeah, dumpster fire. If they get Watson, they have a chance to f- maybe finish second in the division, but that's not the case right now. So that's my prediction. Um, don't bet on it. Let's move along to a little news around the league, Andrew. Let's talk about, real quick, what's really going on with uh, Deshaun Watson. Texans are now willing to listen to trade offers. Excuse me. For quarterback Deshaun Watson, asking for a combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players, per sources. That's a high ask right now. But I do think when he showed up to camp, they gained a little leverage back. They did, but at the same time, the way Deshaun Watson's being used in Texans camp right now, he's not even taking any reps at quarterback. He's standing in as the scout team safety. So they're giving all of the starting reps to the other quarterbacks. So that pretty much means that Deshaun Watson will not be with the, with the Texans and they don't have him really in the future plans. If that's what he's relegated to as of right now. So it could be Philadelphia. It could be Miami. We'll, we'll have to see. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, at this point I don't expect, and then plus, all the legal stuff that's going on with, with Deshaun Watson. We're not even going to get into that, but we don't even know if he's going to be able to play in, in 2021, let alone play for the play for the Texans. But we don't know. It seems like they've moved on, but we don't know to see. There's a lot left in this story. We don't know that he can't play either. I think that's really important to note. We don't know that he can't play. We, until this case is settled, you know, I I don't even want to go out and I I don't want to accuse Watson of anything. There's a reason this hasn't been mm-hmm. settled yet. We're we're going to find out, but the NFL, still nothing out of them about placing him on paid leave or anything like that. Um, I think it's important to note, too, that if they were trying to get him to take starting reps, he would simply say, oh, my knee hurts, sorry, and he would hold in, yeah. I think. So um, that's something we, you know, maybe De- now Devontae Adams isn't going to do that. We've already talked about this. Uh, other big news. Uh, that I can't believe it's kind of slipped out of my mouth. So, but uh, the Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers agree to a reworked contract, keeping Rodgers in Green Bay through 2022 contract voids uh, before 2023 season. And Rodgers is untaggable after the 2022 season, making way for him to become a free agent. I still think he ends up a f- on another team next year at the latest. I think this is the last year. Um, I, I, I understand that they reworked the deal and yada, yada. Um, but I just don't, I don't see him in green Bay after this year, but Hey, glad he's there this year. I, I mean, if you're a betting man, I, I mean, obviously we're betting men. I would put my money on that too. I mean, I, I it seems like they'll get him in here for one year. And the thing is, restructure as well Aaron Rodgers contract becomes much more tradable after this year and the cap hit goes way down for the Packers too yeah. so it very well could be that he's sent on over to Denver or or some other some other team to, to finish his career but yeah I would if I if I was putting money down on it I would say that this is probably even though it becomes voidable after 2022 a lot of things would have to change if Aaron Rodgers is still there for next year Part of the deal here, too, was uh, that Randall Cobb get traded back to the Packers from the Texans. That happens. Uh, Randall Cobb walks into the room to see the media and said, my people. Uh, he was very happy to be back <laughs> in Green Bay. Um, I think I think you're going to see some touchdowns uh, out of Randall Cobb. I think he's uh, flex-worthy in fantasy this year, Andrew. Ooh. Interesting. I, I see. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I think he would. He could I'm probably get a couple. You, I'm not telling you to make him your primary but receiver. But I, I mean, I Randall Cobb still is is an older wide receiver, and the, the Packers sent a sixth round pick for him just to make Aaron Rodgers happy. But so we'll we'll see. I don't. I think maybe. I think his ceiling is probably four or five touchdowns. But that, again, that's probably his ceiling. This is his eleventh season in the league. It's not that. He's probably like 33. 
33, 34. He's getting up there. Getting up there. Uh, Dolphins corner, Xavier Howard, has publicly, officially requested a trade over his contract dispute with the team. Did this whole big thing on Instagram. We've talked about this. I just think it's, you sign a contract, you know what I mean? And, and, and you outplay it, but... It's just a year early, I think, for him to be asking for an extension. I think you need to put one more year in, you know, maybe not even to the level you did this past year because he played outstanding, unbelievable football. Um, but, I mean, nobody was even talking about him like they were Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick, who was just taking touchdowns back every single game for the Steelers. What do you think about this situation? Yeah, and I mean, he's he had a very good year last year. I mean, you can't deny that. But at the same time, I mean, this guy did sign the contract. Yeah. He, uh, it's just, I just, I don't know. I don't see the leverage that a lot of other players have when they demand trade that, that Zayvon Howard does. And then getting back to kind of saying that you, you can fake an injury to kind of hold in, it mm-hmm. seems like he might be doing that as he said that he's having some ankle issues and it's going to keep him out for some time. So we'll see how long it is before, before if he is traded or decides to come back and play for the dolphins this year, we'll definitely have to watch a couple of extension, the Browns and running back Nick Chubb agreed to a three year, $36.6 million extension. Uh, He's really good at football. Real good move by the Browns here. (laughs) Um, I still think, I think they did this in the right time frame as well. You know what I mean? The pat the the Cowboys waited too long with Zeke, um, and kind of paid for what he did instead of what he's gonna do. Um, I think the Browns made a good move here. Yeah, and for three years, it's not like they're gonna yeah. have him into his thirties either. So I think he becomes a free agent either again when he's twenty eight or twenty nine. Um, and and this extension makes him, I think it's like the fifth highest paid running back when you go year to year average in the league. Washington football team and defensive tackle Jonathan Allen agreed to a four-year, $72 million extension. He's good at football. Um, Anything on that? The Washington football team, I mean, they've got one of the best defensive lines in all of football. You got Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, um, and there's another guy that I know I'm forgetting, but but they've got one of the best, and they're all young too. They're all guys that are going to be coming into their career, coming into their prime. So it's going to be expensive to keep all of them, but man, it's a very fierce defensive line that they're building there in Washington. Uh, last question, Andrew, another one in the chat from Vonda. So if Carson can't get healthy quick enough and there isn't a confidence in confidence level in Eason, who does Ballard go after? Well, let's, let's go over some options. If you're looking at just the number one agent, I personally believe nobody. I, I, at this point you would have to think nobody, but the options out there, they are kind of slim, especially on the free agent market. I mean, Robert Griffin, the third, that's really the only one that, that pops into my mind. Um, I don't think the if Colts he are ended up trade. a Colt, if he ended up a Colt after everything, I would just shit my pants. <laughs> when, when looking at the, at the trade market, I don't think the Colts are going to trade for Nick Foles to mm-hmm. get a quarterback to come in after Wentz is injured. That just, that ain't going to work out. Uh, Marcus Mariota is, is an option by chance. Uh, I don't think, I mean, the Colts could try to trade for Gardner Minshew, but again, in their division. So Marcus Mariota just kind of depends. But the thing is the Colts don't really have the draft capital to, to really go out and no. do that. Do you think, I mean, Ballard's already given up a pick in this year's draft. Yeah. To the Eagles, whether it's a first-round pick or a second-round pick, we'll have to see if Carson Wentz plays over 75% of the snaps. But I don't think he wants to give up more for a quarterback, especially if Wentz isn't going to be out all year. You might as well just keep Jacob Eason, let him see what he can do against live action and live regular season games if Carson Wentz can't go. Then you got an answer on Jacob Eason as well, and you're not giving up draft capital. So those are some of the names that are out there, but I don't think think a move will be made. And if he... If Jacob Eason does have a higher ceiling than we're seeing, if he has potential, I mean, he's going to get better as that situation goes on, you know, not worse um, or even stay the same, I don't think. I think Jacob Eason, uh, if for some reason he's got to be the guy for whatever period of time, I think we're just going to see him progress slowly. Um, it could 
depending on how long and if, obviously, Carson Wentz is out, um, you know, I, it could have and playoff also, implications don't be the guy that takes uh, if Jacob Eason isn't progressing right, I, I, very I well, but I, I don't think we have to worry about, more, uh, worry about any of it, to be completely honest. I think Jacob Eason is going to be the guy at the very worst. Um, Andrew, I think that's it for today. Anything else from you? I, You know what? Note for the players in training camp. Don't be that guy. <laughs> I'm really excited for uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, that should be what next week, week after something like that. Soon should be getting some it's Hard Knocks. Soon. Be coming up soon, so yeah. we'll get to we'll review it. We'll be yeah. able to review there it. There we for go. You guys. Another little fun. segment to fill the uh, positional previews and new kid at school. Uh, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Educated Fan underscore. I think you know how to spell Facebook, the Educated Fan, YouTube. Hopefully you're watching right now. If you're listening to the podcast, go check us out on YouTube. Um, the Educated Fan. We tweet the link to that profile all the time. Um, go check it out. And until next time, guys, um, go Colts. Go Colts.